0: It's HPR, all things considered, and I'm Dave Lawrence. Today we're celebrating one of the greatest guitar touring spectacles ever presented. The time Paco de Lucia, John McLaughlin, and Al Di Miola came together as a trio of unparalleled proportion. Featured on the legendary Friday night in San Francisco and stunning studio release Passion Grace and Fire. Today, Al Di Miola returns to the show. Sharing incredible stories relating to the sequel, Saturday Night in San Francisco, documenting the second and final show from that epic 1980 tour. We'll also hear about Al's wild time hosting intimate home events during the pandemic and much more as we welcome Al DiMiola back to HPR's All Things Considered. There you are. What's up, buddy? Quiet. I'm good. How about you? Very good. Sounds like you're holding that uh the device that got you the nice house. That's right. Aloha and welcome back, my brother. Good to be back. And when we left off with you, let me set the stage so you can kind of remember. The pandemic had kind of leveled touring. You were tucked in at your house and... Then a few months after, you started this wild bit. And I was actually telling John McLaughlin about it. I saw you were with him just the other day, but uh, he got a kick out of it. (laughs) So I told him how I was watching online. You were doing these private home experiences, such an innovative thing considering the circumstances. So explain how the idea first
1: came and, and then what exactly it was, how it happened. Well, what it was was that period, especially the first year, 2020, we all got the sense that we're in the middle of something pretty serious. We had gone through just a long period of being home. And then towards the middle to end of the summer, I had uh, a couple of high school friends over, they're sitting out on the deck, and I said, why don't I do some cooking today? I'm gonna make them something that's gonna blow them away in the Italian side of things. And I said to my wife, I said, why don't you go live stream right now? So, you know, a lot of comments coming in from all over the world. (laughs) An offhand, just kind of very spontaneous. I said a comment like, and if you want, you can come here and I'll cook for you in person. I wasn't serious at all about it. But then later that night, we read all the comments. So a lot of people were asking, what's it going to take? And so, you know, we just started thinking about it. And we both looked at one another and said, wow, not only present, The appetizers and then sit down dinner for two hours. But then after that, go down in the studio and play like a private show and offer a lesson at the end of that or a jam session. I wonder if that could go over. So we thought it was a great idea. And then, you know, I started getting a little scared about it because, you know, what if it didn't go over and the whole COVID thing. Mm -hmm. But right away, we got one guy that came in from Detroit, (laughs) I remember the day it was like almost a hundred degree day. He comes in he was sweating beyond belief. I said, Well, go up to the guest room, take a shower, get yourself ready, and come on down for dinner. And he comes down and we had a great time. And after my show, I said, Well, you, you know, you want a jam or something? He goes, Oh, yeah, definitely. That's what I really came for. I said, Okay, well, pick out a guitar because I have all my guitars laid out all over the place. He goes, Oh, no, no, no. I, I brought my own instrument. I wow. said, Well, what did you bring? And he takes out a cowbell. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. He goes, Yeah, I just wanna be able to say I played with Al So takes out the cowbell, we gave him a stick, and then I just started playing something. He starts hitting the cowbell, completely out of time, by the way. <laughs> but I, I kept looking back at my wife, going, Well, we came up with an original idea, and you know, and we just gotta go with the flow. We're just smiling our whole way through. So one home event led to A lot of other people came in that first year from places like Japan, California, Florida, West Virginia, Arizona. We kept it no more than two people. And half the time was only one person that showed up. But it was really successful. You know, Mm -hmm. and now we've done a total of about 20 of them.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask in all total of 20 from the beginning
1: about 20 of them. And I think there's some more lined up. We just had one the other night, two guys, two friends, one from Minneapolis, one from Wisconsin. What was cool about it was it was original, where everyone else was out there offering lessons or some kind of, which really did not knock me out. I like doing that kind of thing or some kind of clinic in person. And so when we came up with this idea, it was like, oh man, this was great. Don't have to pack a bag, don't have to go to the airport, don't Mm -hmm. have to split a commission with a manager or an agent. Right. And my wife and I, it's like a little business we created because she really sets everything up where the house is immaculate. And my place is really like a museum. It's got everything that you can imagine that I've acquired over 40 some odd years from Return to forever on. So much to see and talk about in this place strumming away kind of serenading
0: them with stuff too yeah that's super cool
1: yeah well after dinner yeah we come down and we got the um uh, set up oh wow my guitars
0: he's showing us the room that they do it in lots of guitars wow they got their choice of like 20 30
1: yeah and, and hardly anyone picks one up it's just they just enjoy the performance you know That's something
0: else did you tell john mclaughlin about these at all when you saw him
1: i don't remember if i told him the brief times i did talk to when we were talking about saturday night in san francisco right did you talk to john about saturday night in san francisco
0: uh he's going to be on soon with that we had him on twice so far during the pandemic and it was the second time the Montreux record uh first time was like lockdown blues and the stuff he was doing to benefit uh, nonprofits, but actually that was my next thing here to talk to you. I, I was going to kind of set it up a little bit for folks in the late '70s, early '80s, and they did it a few different times after that. But it was uh, this guitar trio that came together, and they did the Friday Night in San Francisco and the Passion, Grace, and Fire. But it was Al, it was John McLaughlin, Paco de Lucia. And they have just recently put out a Saturday night in San Francisco. But now that I've given a little bit of introduction, how did this thing come to be to begin with?
1: Well, first it started with um, my discovery of Paco, really, in 1974 or 5. It was definitely the first time I had toured Europe as a member of Return to Forever. And so I think I was still 19 at the time. Wow. And when we hit Spain... There was a lot of talk about this new flamenco sensation, Paco de Lucia. Everybody seemed to be talking about this guy. So I went to a record store, picked up some of his work, and then I went back and uh, after the tour, and I listened to what I thought was just some amazing guitar playing. He was definitely someone that caught my attention because of his amazing technique and feel, and the fact that he was playing with a lot of percussion and. So I knew that he was really looking to expand the idiom. So uh, I had it in the back of my mind to do something with him. And it wasn't until about three years later, actually forming my second record, putting together pieces, picking out who's going to play on what. and So I had this piece that I wrote called Mediterranean Sundance, definitely Paco in mind. So I had my record company contact his record company in Spain they thought it was a great idea because at the time they thought it would be good for paco to get the exposure Mm. wasn't really known in north america so he flew over didn't know a word of english (laughs) and he had a friend with him who was like a translator you could see he felt kind of outside of his comfort zone he wasn't relaxed and we tried about three or four takes and it wasn't going as well as i had hoped so his friend came over to me. He goes, "You know, Paco needs, um, in order for him to play, he really needs to have some, some, you know, reefer." That <laughs> oh, okay. I said, "Well, let me see what I can do." So, a friend of mine, this guy was like my big brother, Michael, and he was in the next room. And you know, if you picture this guy, he's like, you know, right out of Woodstock. And I said, "Michael, do you think you can get Paco some weed?" <laughs> Michael goes, "Oh, absolutely." so you know he comes back with a bag of weed and the next take was the one that's on the album everybody in the control room was high-fiving and shouting and so that was that moment that enabled that record to go gold and platinum and they had hit singles on that piece in many countries germany spain all over the world can you play a little
0: chunk of that for folks
1: Oh, yeah, so it's like. So as soon as you play that, people just know it.
0: Yep. You know? It's Al Miola, and tomorrow we'll conclude with more incredible storytelling, including about the legendary concert promoter who presented those shows in San Francisco, the late Bill Graham, and hilarious stories about the guitar partner in the trio, John McLaughlin. Plus, more music from this release, Saturday Night in San Francisco. And join us tomorrow for the conclusion with Al Demiola. I'm Dave Lawrence.